I'm Dan Cummins. I'm 43 years old. I'm a podcaster and stand-up comic living in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. I'm Lindsay Cummins. I am 36 years old, living in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. I'm a full-time mom and a full-time podcaster and business owner. I have two kids from a previous marriage that I brought into this relationship. Kyler, 14 years old, and Monroe, 12 years old. And they uh, have, have rounded out the relationship perfectly. Dan and I have been together for eight years and married for four years. Welcome to Our Love Story, a Spotify original from Parcast. Every week, a real couple recounts how they met, how they fell in love, and the biggest moments of their relationship. Now, let's hear their love story. It feels like we're all being told to go on this diet, take that supplement. Ozempic will give you depression, but you know what'll cure that? Weed. Or you could try to balance your hormones. At Science Versus, we're like, what the f*** is going on? Forget the crap online and listen to Science Versus. Just the facts. Oh, and a bunch of stupid jokes. What is a ghost's favorite fruit? Booberries. That's Science VS. New season out on Spotify soon. Okay, so when we met, I had landed a spot on this weird stand-up show where Nickelodeon, of all channels, was trying to do more uh, adult programming. They had this, and it was like Mom's Night Out. And then they ran out of mom comics, I think, and they needed some, so they went to dad comics. And so I got this dad comic uh, spot, and I had done other stand-up spots. I was a little jaded, and at this point, I realized that, like, a Nick Mom's Night Out spot was not going to launch me into a theater tour. It, it wasn't really going to do anything for my career. So to be really honest, I just didn't care about it. So I, I drive down, I, I show up and I, I was late. <laughs> I had a couple of t-shirts thrown into a, a paper grocery bag. I knew that, that Lindsay didn't care for me. But then I just thought, I'm like, oh, she's, she's fiery. She's super cute. Beyond cute. I mean, yeah, I just thought she was hot. Nice, and, thank and, you. Yeah, thank you, yeah, babe. yeah, more than cute. And so I did start flirty with her, and and I was just being ridiculous at this point in my life. I was definitely like, didn't care, no shame as far as single. I, I was in better shape <laughs> than I am now, and so I just like intentionally just left my shirt off all the time in backstage. Like like everybody else is dressed more, and I'm just wandering around well, needlessly you, without a shirt. You left your shirt off because. They did not like what you brought. Oh, so yeah. then I had to give you clothes. I gave him this like oatmeal-y kind of colored t-shirt and he just was like, I'm just going to sweat right through this. So then he just like True. very like, it was quite quite out of like a movie kind of yeah. set. Like he just kind of like pulled his shirt up. He did this like Fabio move. Sweet. Check me out. And then I was like, dude, put your shirt on. <laughs> they want to see what you're wearing. And he's like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> my my initial impression of Dan was just like, oh, this guy's so obnoxious, but also like, okay, he's funny. All right. I liked Lindsay's fiery personality because in general, I mean, I've dated a, a wide variety of personalities, but but in general gravitated towards, I guess I would say, for lack of a better term, like strong women. There was just something, it wasn't physical for me uh, in that initial first meeting, but there was just something about Dan that felt like home to me. It just felt so good and natural. And when I got in my car that night, I, my immediate thought, you know, after a long day of shooting, it was so bizarre. I'm like driving home, I'm like, 
kind of like that Dan guy. I wonder under what circumstances could I email him? Like, I I just kept thinking, thinking, thinking. And as luck would have it, Dan accidentally took home someone else's pants by mistake. And he had already reached out to me saying, hey, I accidentally have somebody else's stuff. And I, I don't know, just something about like... As silly as it sounds, just something about that email, like he was responsible. He followed up to make sure that he didn't have somebody else's stuff. It's like he just seemed like a grown up. And I think I was just so sick and tired of a lack of maturity in my life. And then but now I was like, oh, cool. I've, uh, I'm not working with her anymore. I have a reason to talk to her. So I did email her something basically of Netflix and chill. I was like, hey, do you want to come over and watch some Netflix? And I uh-huh. was not impressed by you that like move. It. I, I did not care for that, Dan. But so I, it was, let's see, what year did we meet? 2012? 12, yeah. So it was 2012 and I emailed him back and I was like, listen, buddy, I know it's 2012 mm-hmm. and, you know, people are progressive and all of that, but I'm still a little bit of an old fashioned girl. And if you want to ask me out, you need to grow a pair and mm-hmm. call me and ask me out like a real man. And I kid you not. 30 seconds later, my phone rang and I was on set because this all <laughs> transpired the next day. Yeah. And I like ran to, you know, some area where I could like listen to this voicemail. Aww. And it was it was so great. And I had butterflies like immediately, just the sound of his voice. I was like, oh my God, this is so funny. And then I was like, shoot, I have to break up with Mark before I can go on a date with this oh, yeah. guy. It's so weird to think about not having Lindsay in my life. But if like, if I hadn't have taken those pants, I, I don't think... I would have uh I would have reached out. Yeah, and we've and we've had that conversation. Yeah. Like when we met Weird. was just just the right time. Like if mm-hmm. if I had met Dan right before I went on tour, it would have never worked. I would not have been interested in doing a long distance love for almost a year. But it, we've had that conversation. Like it really truly was, I don't know. The, the universe intervening in our lives and bringing yeah. us together in this super magical way. Dan and I's first date happened in this super sort of speedy way. When you think about, you know, that we met on set and then we had this pants incident. You shot on a Tuesday. We spoke on the phone on Wednesday. I broke up with Mark on Thursday. We went on a date on Friday or Saturday. It was like yeah. boom, 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 boom. And, and leading up to that first date, it was long, late-night conversations. And I was so jacked up for our first date. I remember calling my mom on the way there and was like, it's not a big deal. This guy's just going to be a rebound. Like, I was saying that to everyone so that I was less excited about the date. I, I didn't want to put too much into it, but I had such good feelings. And we agreed to meet uh, in Santa Monica at the Third Street Promenade. And I watched Dan... He parked in like the new part of the promenade. It's like just over Third Street. And I'm watching him cross the street and I am so nervous. I'm so nervous. Like my stomach is in knots. My hands are sweating. And he just walks over to me and is just like, hi. (laughs) I mean, obviously I knew that he was coming for me, but it was, there was something very, very sweet about it. Yeah, it was very special just from the beginning, like our first date. It, It just felt so comfortable, like, you know, nervous, but also comfortable. Once we started walking, then we just didn't really have a set plan. It wasn't like, we're going to go to this place, this place. It was just like, let's see what we feel like. And we're just chatting like, oh, what do you want to do? Oh, And we're kind of like doing that weird thing where our shoulders are bumping into each other. And we're walking very close to one another, but not holding hands. 
and just kind of like going along like that for a while until eventually one of us just grabbed the other person's hand almost to say like, oh, this is so stupid. We should yeah. just be holding hands. And we walked around. Pretty crazy for a first date, though. It was pretty crazy. And then we went to dinner. We made our way to True Food Cafe. We mm -hmm. had dinner. Dan ordered the salmon and was so nervous. He even said to me, he's like, oh, I really want to get the salmon, but I'm going to have bad breath afterwards, mm -hmm. which I've been giving Dan gum and mints for his breath every day since. <laughs> it's like a thing between oh, us. Yeah. I'm always prepared. Yeah, yeah. Then we made our way to Yield King's Head, had mm. a beer there, kissed on the corner right outside. That was our very first I do remember kiss. that intersection, yep. Mm -hmm. And then made our way to Yankee Doodles. Which is no longer there. No longer there. We played pool. I lost horrifically. And then you had to make me lasagna. That was our bet. That was the bet. And then you walked me to my car, mm -hmm. and I never forgave you for not paying for my parking that well, night. Yeah, I didn't know that was a thing. I just, it literally never crossed my mind. I was not, I was raised basically in the woods. <laughs> I, I was given no dating etiquette. And then at the end of the date, Dan texted me on the way home and said, and I've, we've been kind of teasing him about this for years. I believe it was, uh, you're an angel. <laughs> oh man, this is embarrassing stuff. Is that what I said? Oh God. Our first case huh? cracks me up to this day because we talked about it later <laughs> where I thought like, dude, where's your tongue? I'm tongue tied. And I didn't know you were tongue tied. Mm -hmm. So I felt like it was an awkward French kiss. Cause I was like, is he using his tongue or is he not using his tongue? And he told me that he thought like, man, that's a lot of spit. No, not spit, tongue. No, you said my mouth was very wet. Oh, you can't did, take did it I? back now. Oh, did I? Oh, okay. It was, it was just, <laughs> it was a good, it was a passionate kiss. It just threw me off a little bit. It was, um, it was aggressive. It was aggressive. Man, that, when did I know that Lindsay was the one? It does sound crazy, but it, it, whenever I've listened to my gut in life, like really, truly listened to it, I've never regretted my my choices. And in my in my gut, even though it was like so fast, I knew really early on, like I want to say in the first week, that I was like, oh wow, th th she's it. She like she is the one. I just I just knew, especially after we went to a Dodgers game. Me, Lindsay, Kyler Monroe, I just wanted to see, you know, I introduced her as a friend, not as a girlfriend, just see how the kids kind of responded to her. And it was crazy. It was just like they they loved her in, in a way they had never responded to anybody else. I'd kind of been around friend or, you know, dating wise, you know, since the divorce. And it just felt, I don't know, it just felt really magical. I knew that Dan was absolutely the one for me when I no longer had to make excuses about who I was dating or why they were the way they were. So many times in LA, where most of my dating life had taken place, I was making an excuse like, oh, he can't come meet you guys tonight in reference to my friends because, you know, he's busy. He's tired. Oh, no, no, he's not normally a jerk. He He's just had a really rough day. Like, I always found myself excusing the behavior of the person I was dating and justifying it to my friends so as to say, he's great. He's just not great in this moment. And with Dan, there was never any of that. I've I've never, even to this day, ever had to make an excuse for how he is, even when he is abhorrently inappropriate. I just laugh because I'm like, yeah, that that is who he is. And I I love who he is. And there was just complete and total acceptance of all of the things, of our pasts, of our financial struggles. Just everything was laid out on the table and was accepted with such respect mutually, mm -hmm. that it was just very comfortable. I never have doubted who Dan is. So the proposal, from I, I am pretty proud of this one. I, I don't always do the best, in my opinion, you know, like romantic gestures, like anniversaries and things. Sometimes I, I do a lot better than others. 
but I, I am very proud of the proposal where I wanted to recreate where we first went on a date. So the Santa Monica promenade, uh, I wanted, you know, her to be meeting because we because it had become a thing where we lived not too far from that. And so when we would go down there to go shopping, get some froyo, get a coffee, whatever, have a drink, we would always stop by that bench where we first saw each other on, on a date and she would go recreate it. She'd be on her phone. I would go over there. You know, we would then stand up together, start walking down the promenade or and then it became like we'd have a kiss there. It just became one of our little special kind of things that we would do all the time. So I thought this is going to be the perfect place to propose. I'd, I'd gotten the ring. You know, we talked a little bit about that, made sure I got, got the ring that she wanted. And then I there was this guy, Lou, who was a photographer friend of Lindsay, who was a really good photographer. I reached out to him and I had him meet at that place before we got there and hide. I wanted him to capture it, uh, get the photos of it. And then I even staged a mini argument to throw her off on the way out to this date night. So, because I, I thought she was suspicious that I was gonna ask. So I intentionally started an argument, got her really annoyed at me. So she wouldn't be, so she wouldn't see it coming. And she was annoyed at me. Oh, so annoyed with you. I can't remember what I was arguing about. Oh, I, I know. It was about Tom and it was about a script you were working on. And I was just irritated with everything you were talking about. Okay, okay, perfect. So it worked. So then, so we, so we walked down there and then I'm like, hey, and real offhand, I'm like, hey, like, I, you know, we were, there was definite irritation between the two of us. Uh, and I'm like, hey, let's go do our thing. And so when she sat down, Lou knew that was the cue for him to get ready with the camera. And then like, she, so she goes ahead of me, she gets on the phone. And then instead of just doing our normal, you know, kiss and move on, I just drop down to one knee and pop the ring out really quick. And then it was, I think, instant tears. I'm, I'm teary eyed <laughs> right now. Dan and I got married August 13, 2016. 081316. I always remember. It's also his grandfather's birthday, which is very special because Dan's grandfather plays an incredibly important role in his life. We got married just outside of where we live in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. We got married in Green Bluff, Washington, which is this beautiful orchard. It's like all orchards and farms. It's this really special part of town. And we opted to get married up there knowing that every year we would be able to go back to the same location and pick apples, which has been a family tradition of mine that now is one of ours. Mm -hmm. And we also go up there and pick our pumpkins every year and we cut down our Christmas tree there every year. So it became this very unique and special location. The planning of the wedding was very stressful. I was living in Idaho with my stepkids one week on, one week off. Dan was contracted on a production job in LA. So I was seeing him once a month. Mm -hmm. It was kind of a hilarious way to build up to a wedding. Like after all of these roadblocks to getting to Idaho, to getting to the wedding, it was like, oh, I'm just going to plan the whole thing by myself and I hope it's okay. And I'm super stressed and this is all crazy and I'm all alone. And yeah. uh, we went without furniture in our house so that we could pay for our wedding. I mean, things were so tight and mm -hmm. so weird and kind of crazy. But then Dan came up a couple weeks before the weddings and we had this like very special time that we got to spend together mm -hmm. and then the and then the day happened and as it goes you know it happens in the blink of an eye but Dan can tell you that he thinks it was it so was perfect. perfect yeah it was perfect and i and i am so glad we had a great videographer great photographer so now Lindsay can see it i mean i know you don't have the same memories of it happening at the time but you're like oh wow this does look amazing and yeah there was no fights you know i mean not even just with us but like with any family members there was no weird incidents it just, I was, yeah, I was just so proud of you for putting it all together. And it was just such a, such a great day. It just, it just really felt like 
our style of wedding. We had our friends there. We didn't do a traditional vow exchange. We we had an old roommate of mine from college, actually, who is a um, social justice attorney, essentially, uh, ACLU big person that she she was our officiant. And that was super cool. Just, you know, as opposed to, well, I mean, I'd been married once before and that in the time before it was all about at that time, my mother-in-law and basically like the wedding she wanted. And I felt like a guest at my own wedding. It was super weird. And and we just had to talk about this. This is like, we're paying for it. Uh, we are who we are. We, we, you know, we're not we're not religious. We're not this, we're not that. We're gonna do it our way. We're not gonna care what our parents think. We're not gonna try to make it, you know, painful for them, but we're not gonna cater to them. And it ended up just being this celebration of just uh, uh, of our lives and everybody had a great time. And yeah, would not change a thing. Yeah, people are still talking about the food and the fun that they had. So, so yeah, it was great. We nailed it. Nailed it. Yeah, so we chose for, you know, uh, one of our wedding songs, I Will Follow You, the first dance song by Death Cab for Cutie. It was just a song that um, I played for Lindsay several times. And just, I just remember when I first heard that song, it's just such a sweet, sad but so romantic and just this, you know, the, so much love between the, the songwriter and the object of his affection that he's going to follow them into the dark and follow, you know, them into whatever world is after this one. And it just, I don't know, just we always just loved it and just that level of commitment. And it just felt like the, the perfect wedding song. A stepmom is by far the hardest job I've ever had in my life. I mean, I get teary-eyed just thinking about how much I love Kyler and Monroe. They completely changed who I was. And I, I imagine that anyone who's birthed a child or is a step-parent or has adopted or fostered, however you come into parenthood is your own personal journey. And I think it's so beautiful to make that choice. It's been really hard in a lot of ways. I mean, you just, kids are tough. They are people with their own thoughts and their own opinions, and you're trying to mold them into what you think that they're capable of. I I feel like it's a true privilege and a true honor to be Kyler and Monroe's other mom, because even though I have chosen to love them and accept them as my own, they did not have to make that same choice. Dan didn't have to choose me. A lot of things could have gone sideways, but we have been so insanely lucky. Yeah, it's been really cool to watch how it's all come together. And yes, yeah, some luck and, and also a lot of, you know, hard work. Lindsay's read a lot of parenting books, puts a lot of energy into making, you know, moments special for the kids and for the family in general. And and we are like really family oriented. You know, some people, I think they maybe they have kids and then I don't know, maybe some part of regrets that part of them. And they're and they're they're wanting to go out. They're always wanting to get babysitters and to always do these other things. I mean, we genuinely I enjoy spending time together as a family. I, I feel like we have a really full and fulfilling family life, and Lindsay is a huge part of that. She's the heart of the family. But we do have such an intertwined life. I mean, if we come to the office together, you know, it's like it's hilarious. We live a minute from our studio, but we still drive separate, but then we still go to lunch together and then we come back together and we work some more and then we go to the gym together and then we come back to the studio together and then we go home together. And even if I'm cooking dinner, Dan is still in the kitchen working while I'm cooking and we're still chit-chatting. And it's always these little like stream of conscious moments where it's like, oh, okay, okay, what about this? And then what if this? And then what if that? And 
we love to think about the future and we love to plan together, but we also have this thing that we've been saying to each other since the beginning, like, yeah, but we would also be okay living in a cardboard <laughs> box together. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And and I, I do believe that. Dan and I have such a unique and special relationship that we really, truly enjoy one another's company. You know, we're, Lindsay and I are really lucky, you know, it, that we get to spend a lot of time together and get to make plans for the future together in ways that not every couple does. Yeah, we've been making plans recently about like, you know, when the kids are out of high school, where do we want to be? Where do we want to split our time up in between? And like New Orleans is a big, uh, you know, goal of ours. We've been watching Treme on <laughs> the HBO show, just getting excited about what life could be like in New Orleans. And we're always dreaming together. We like to have a nightcap in the evening together. That's one of my favorite moments is sitting in the hot tub at the end of the day. We might've worked 12 hours, 14 hours, but we're sitting there looking up up, this, up at the stars, just being like, oh my God, what if this happens? Oh, th things are going really well right here. What if we could pull off this? And it is so fun. It's, it's just so fun to really feel like it's a true partnership. for listening to our love story. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook and Instagram at ParCast and on Twitter at ParCast Network. For more episodes of our love story, follow us on Spotify and check out other ParCast originals, all available on Spotify. Our love story is executive produced by Max Cutler and is a ParCast Studios original. It's created by John Cohen. Sound designed by Kristen Acevedo with associate sound design by Jamie Ryan. Our love story is produced by John Cohen and associate produced by Ashley Hanna.